Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us on Food for Thought. Uh, this is a, a program out of Christ Episcopal Church. And um, this is, uh, you know, a program that we started during the pandemic and we just continued it. And my name is Sunil Chandy. I'm the priest and rector at Christ Episcopal Church. And so welcome. Welcome to this experience of Food for Thought. Today, we have a wonderful guest who will give us wisdom and inspiration and also continue to uh, help us as we think about how to uh, navigate uh, the challenges of our lives. Uh, it, some of us are facing the COVID situation still, and others are facing uh, financial uh, challenges. Others are, might be facing uh, famil uh, family struggles and, and so forth. We all have challenges. And uh, this is a show to kind of uh, help us to connect with one another, uh, helping us to remember that we're not alone in the midst of our struggle, that uh, we have a community of people around us, Christ Church especially, and then also in the midst of that community is God, and God is always with us wherever we go and whatever challenge we face. Uh, so our guest today will be uh, a, a person that who's been on Food for Thought before, but you will enjoy um, enjoy hearing him, and I always enjoy talking to him. But first, uh, if you are here with us today and connecting, just please know, uh, just tell us that you're here. Uh, tell us how you uh, experience this program. Is it something that you like? Is it something that, uh, that we can improve on? And um, any suggestions would be great. And of course, any comments about uh, whatever we talk about would be great too. I'd love to continue to engage with you all about uh, some of the important things that we speak about in programs, in, in our programming here at Food for Thought. Um, but uh, I'd like to start off with uh, Isaiah. This is a, a reading that's coming for this coming Sunday. And so, of course, uh, this is my way of helping prepare for myself for my sermon for Sunday too. But uh, it, nonetheless, this, uh, this passage is, is a very timely one for us. Uh, it's from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. And it goes, there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. You rejoice before, they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Uh, I love that passage. And of course, you know, a little bit about Isaiah. Isaiah is uh, the prophet Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, is written, uh, most contemporary theologians believe that it's written by not just one person, but three people, three people. Uh, first, Isaiah, who was the original prophet, and then uh, two others who were, who, were, uh, who were disciples or school, uh, who were raised in the school of thinking of Isaiah. And, and the first one uh, is uh, verses one through 39, uh, that prophet uh, sees uh, is speaking right before the Babylonian exile, when Judah, the nation that the prophet is from, uh, is overtaken by Babylon, and the the second Isaiah is actually um, the uh, the prophet that speaks 
during the experience of the exile, within that time where many of the, the brightest and best of, of Israel or Judah was taken away into, into Babylon. And then finally, the third, third Isaiah speaks in a post-exile period, so about 70 years later, in which uh, people have started to return and God is, uh, and, and, the, and the prophet wants to figure out what is the meaning of all of this stuff, what, the ex exile period, one of the worst period in history, Israel's history. Now, the thing is, uh, first Isaiah also speaks uh, from Judah and Judah and Isaiah, uh, Israel is actually two nations at this time. There's Northern Israel and there's Judah. And Northern Israel has just been overtaken uh, by the Assyrians. And this is um, around Ga Galilee, uh, Naphtali, Zebulun, taken over by, the, uh, by uh, the Assyrians. And then Judah is, is intact and Jerusalem is in, within Judah. It's in, intact. And, and Isaiah is, is preaching and or is, is prophesying a time in which the people in that experience of darkness, uh, if they don't let go of their, their faith, if, that God is doing something new and wonderful in that, in that through, even through that dark period. And so he calls them to have hope. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light those who have lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as people exult when dividing plunder. In this experience of hardship, uh, one of the things that I think Isaiah calls us to understand is whenever we have a challenge, that God is somehow in the midst of that. And people of faith, when they gather together, even as they gather together, there's a, in that community, they could find a sense of hope. And, and of course, Isaiah is, is prophesying hope to these, these folks. This is not unlike our own situation. We've come through, uh, the past three years have been very difficult for uh, the global community, uh, our nation and the global community. Uh, we've gone through this period of, of pandemic and people and, and places uh, and parts of the world are still going through that experience. And, uh, you know, people have died. And then, of course, economies have suffered and people have suffered because of lockdowns and, uh, and shortages in, in, in the uh, distribution of, of, of goods uh, across nations. And so, uh, you know, we're many of us are facing the the effects of the recession and and so forth and so what i think isaiah's message is powerful for us because it gives us a sense that even through this challenge you know knowing that the the suffering that we're going through uh is temporary there is coming a day in which there will be uh, a reversal of this uh this challenge and although it may seem like almost never ending while we're in the midst of it. Isaiah creates a hopeful vision that, that the suffering will end. And then that allows us then to have some curiosity about what we're, what's happening to us and how we will survive. And, and, and maybe we'll make some new connections and find new ways of finding joy 
as we work with uh, people in our community and, and others who are suffering, as we work together to, uh, to, to make it through. I think that's an important thing for us. I mean, uh, one of the things about our church, Christ Church, and also within our diocese is just that, you know, we've all, wanna, we've all gone through, we were facing this, when we were facing the pandemic, we were facing it together. And there was a sense of uh, joy in knowing that, that we have a community of people that we're walking with and sharing ideas with. And, uh, and in, that, in that sharing of ideas, and, and some of them were new and innovative, uh, we found resilience. We, and that, that resilience helps us, helps us find joy again in the experience. And so, the prophet Isaiah, I think, is, is speaking to us, especially people who live in a modern world when we are facing with challenges. Now, the challenge isn't the same as, uh, you know, a foreign nation taking over uh, our nation, but it may be other things. It may be the idea of uh, the pandemic. It could be uh, financial struggles that we're facing, or maybe struggles we are facing uh, closer to home in our family. Uh, Isaiah calls us to have hope, hope, and then to be curious uh, as we uh, as we walk our life of faith in the midst of the challenges, and we have hope. We start to be curious about how God is changing us and transforming us through this experience, so that we might find joy in it. A person who uh, always reminds me of this type of uh, thinking is uh, our guest, uh, Bishop Prince Singh. Bishop Prince Singh is the Bishop Diocesan Bishop of Eastern and Western Michigan. Uh, he is uh, doing this wonderful ministry in which um, it, it, he, the, the diocese, two dioceses are coming together and, um, and he is uh, helping them continue to work together and grow as a diocese. And in his recent, uh, and he, in his convention uh, address, he, he spoke to this diocese and it was just really wonderful hearing the convention uh, uh, address. And he spoke of the resilience of the two communities coming together, their innovative spirit. And as, uh, as they face the challenges together and as they build bridges together, it was really a beautiful, uh, address that reminded them of the reminded all those who heard of the joy of that experience and he quoted uh this uh osibasa uh a Ghanaian uh rock band i don't know if i said this properly i, I said their name properly but i want to uh, quote this uh first and then he'll comment on it when he comes on board we are going we are going heaven knows where we're going, but we know we will get there. We will gather. Heaven knows how we will gather, but we will gather there. It will be hard. We know that the road will be muddy and rough, but we will get there. Heaven knows how we will get there, but we know we will. Ben, please bring uh, Bishop Prince on board. <laughs> hey, Sunil. Hey. Hey, Bishop, how are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. So much the better for seeing you. Oh, same here. Same here. And I, I love that. I, did I say the, the name of the, uh, the name of the rock band, uh, right? Asibisa? Asibasa? Yeah. <laughs> it's Osibisa. Osibisa. Okay. All right. 
So uh, you were, we were talking a little bit before this, and this was the first rock band that you ever heard in India? Yeah, went to a live concert in India, in, in Chennai, or Madras. Uh, it was, I was probably in uh, my undergrad, and um, it was pouring rain, I remember, and I went to this concert with some friends, and this song that they sang, OCBSO was a very vibrant, sort of a, uh, and a very African um, drum-based group, but they also had, you know, electric guitars, and uh, it was a very good fusion of uh, Western music, as well as some very clear African beats and so on. So, uh, but the song that stuck with me, it, it, it is still a very meaningful one for me is what you quoted, which is we are going, heaven knows where we are going. Uh, we know within, uh, we know we will get there. Um, and I find that to be uh, a very aspirational song for our journey, wherever we are, because, you know, like you described so aptly, we've all been through some really rough times with the pandemic and uh, and the multiple pandemics around that have been stirred and brought to consciousness. You know, one of the things that we all have is some reality of struggle in our personal lives. Um, and in the midst of bleakness, and, you know, all of us have stuff that's bleak in our lives. Uh, I certainly have my share of bleakness in my personal life. But in the midst of these bleak and dark moments, um, the fact that we can imagine a future is so important. Because mm. when we don't, we, we can be very despondent and make... Um, make a reality of some negative ways of living in that sense of the word. You know, I was sitting with a bunch of young people in like in um, not even high school, middle schoolers in one of our churches just a couple of weeks ago. And I had just, uh, you know, preached a little bit about expectations. And one of my uh, favorite quotes is from a missionary who came to India um, you know, in the sort of 18th century, and he helped found one of the uh, universities, which was the first, um, you know, university that granted degrees and so on in Sarampur in Kolkata. Uh, his name was William Carey. And he was known for this quote where he said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Mm. So the, 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 the reality is that we expect great things because we are not there yet, right? And then we attempt great things again because we know we can get there. But if we don't attempt it, we could very well sort of cycle around in, um, in a sort of tailspin of despair. Yeah. So Isaiah was right in saying, the people in darkness have seen a great light, right? So I was sitting with these young people who had listened to the sermon, and then we had we had a little time together, and we somehow got started talking about um, Harry Potter and the Patronum charm. Oh, yeah. 
expecto patronum was the charm that Harry uses. And it was interesting that these young minds were able to capture what the deep spirituality of that kind of hope-filled action meant. Because one of the kids said to me, you know, it was important to keep a good memory in your mind when you were casting the Patronum charm. Yeah. <laughs> and here was what he just blew me away when he said, the best memory that I can have is that God thinks I am beloved. This is coming from a teenager. From a, a, like a 12-year-old. Wow. That's right? beautiful. That whole concept of it may not be, we may not be there yet, but as long as we can expect and launch or look into the future, that is enough for us to know that we will not be in this place of struggle and challenge forever. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, and that's from a 12 year old who, who, I mean, and, and, and of course, Harry Potter, there's a whole theological understanding of, right. of light and darkness from right. there. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, you were talking about these two dioceses in this age when there is so much of suspicion, you know, we just seem to be almost specializing in how to be suspicious of one another. Right. Where. Um, even very thoughtful, smart people um, can get carried away in this sort of one-track mentality of somehow thinking that everybody is up to something bad, mm. right? And so the neighbors um, are beginning to suspect one another and sort of do caricatures of one another, um, cancel culture, you know, this whole notion of, you know, I don't need you if you don't believe like I do kind of a thing. Those are very real. And so yeah. the fact that uh, these two dioceses in Eastern and Western Michigan have kept at conversations and uh, more and more collaborative uh, opportunities that are that are being sought out uh, is in many ways a testimony to the fact that, you know, uh, that we can actually imagine beloved community that is across differences. I mean, we just celebrated Martin Luther King Jr., who um, made popular this whole notion of beloved community, which, which really is at the, at the core about how we can move beyond our hurts and our suspicions and build a brotherly, sisterly, sibling kind of communities where, where we know that we are actually all related to one another. And because of that, our differences are really not so much things that need to separate us or increase our suspicion of one another, but that they can actually lend to curiosity where we can probably see more and more dimensional beauty in one another mm -hmm. you know so that's what excites me about being i'm not by the way i'm not the diocesan bishop here i'm the no. bishop provisional which provisional, is another okay. here for a for a short time to help these two dioceses 
in this um, exploration, this adventure. Um, and, you know, they were looking for somebody crazy to come and join them. And I happened to put my hand up and here I am, you know, I'm one year into this <laughs> into the experiment of figuring out how these two dioceses that, that have different histories um, share a, a state in many ways and uh, have microcultures within it, et cetera. But how are they exploring what it means for them to be a people of faith looking into the future and saying, can we be better together? Mm -hmm. Give us a little history of, of the two dioceses. I mean, uh, the two dioceses together is about 100 churches, and, uh, and they were separate before. And they, so mm -hmm. they still are separate, Sunil. They still are separate. So what we are doing, I mean, the, the, the short history is that uh, Western Michigan has been a diocese for quite a, quite a long time. Uh, Eastern Michigan was recently formed in the 90s when they came out of Michigan, the Diocese of Michigan, which is in the Detroit area. Um, so they formed themselves in the 90s to be a separate diocese. So in terms of history, Eastern is very new as a diocese. Um, and then Western has been around for, for a long time. So these two dioceses have been in conversation since 2018 to figure out if there is a way for them to explore optimizing ministry and mission, uh, perhaps with one, one bishop or with one diocesan structure. Um, and so they have been, you know, and then the uh, pandemic hit uh, in the midst of all of that. And then they had some internal struggles with leadership as well. But the, the important thing that I have noticed is what you mentioned early on, the resilience, right? These two communities started conversations, the pandemic hit, they had some leadership crises, et cetera. But in the midst of all of that, there were a core group of leaders who kept at it. Uh, the Building Bridges group kept meeting consistently. They were meeting online. You know, they, in fact, hadn't even, some of them hadn't even seen each other in person because they were all kind of organized during the pandemic. And then the standing committees, which is uh, another way of saying the ecclesiastical authority in the absence of a bishop, they kept meeting together, right? Again, across the two dioceses. It is a wonderful example, in my opinion, of what we can do when things go bad right? That we can at that point either separate and go out separate ways and become isolated or as they demonstrated, Eastern and Western kept it, kept at it together. Yeah. Uh, and that's, in my opinion, a benchmark of what resilience looks like. I, I, I love that, uh, that, that idea and and I, I imagine also that in that when they uh, were resilient and courageous to continue this conversation in the midst of the challenges around them right both internally and externally they were, I imagine they found joy I, I, yeah. yeah they did and they found new relationships that they could not have otherwise you know yeah. there's something about 
going through a challenging time together where you actually recognize that someone who was a, a stranger in some ways or the other is actually someone that you can learn with and and perhaps laugh with you yeah. know because yeah. in in that whole uh, aspect of interaction and sharing not only the foibles of life but but also the like you said the joy that we share as a commonality there is in some ways a sense of buoyancy you know you you sort of are buoyed in your spirit and your own sense of confidence not only in yourself and in your god but in each other gets freedom yeah. you know and 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 the reason why i bring that up is because that's what i experienced last time when we were talking about the east and, and west diocese uh, of michigan uh, and and your experience of them i just sensed the joy that was coming out of the conversation and then i, I i've looked on the website too and i see these images that are are joyful and hopeful i mean you've got people doing spirituality of hiking and you've got people's your spirituality and hunting i right. that's really <laughs> But a whole bunch of stuff, and it's just uh, and and so here are these people who've who've I mean even Michigan, right? Michigan as a state yeah. uh, has faced some economic struggles as 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 as, as the automobile industry has mm -hmm. changed a, a great deal. But then in the midst of it, you know, it's part and parcel of life going through struggle. But how do you deal with the struggle? I mean, do you? as you say, either alienate uh, from which from a, or do you find from other people or do you find connection and find joy as as you work together through challenges? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, my my favorite mantra these days is I'm glad not everybody is having a bad day at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right? Because, you know, when I'm having a bad day and you are not, you are my source of joy. Yes. And because of you, and it's very baptismal in some ways, because that's what we do with Jesus, right? Because Jesus heard you are my beloved, we hear the same thing. Yeah. Right? So when you are having a good day and I'm not, I'm going to rely on your faith to climb out of my despair. And that's what happened, I think, in Eastern and Western, where they were actually talking to one another, mostly on Zoom. Figure that out, right? Yeah. We, we, they were not even in the same room, except in a Zoom room, right? But the spirit was present yeah. in a very sort of Easter-like, beyond do doors and walls uh, kind of way helping them, nurturing them, encouraging them, and helping them to keep their eyes on the light, you know, the patronum part, yeah, so that they would overcome whatever dementors were at work in that sense of the word. So, uh, you know, uh, it's really interesting as, as provisional bishop of the, of the two dioceses, I think my sense is that part of your ministry that I'm that that you're there is to recognize this show you know put the put a mirror in front of them and say hey look yeah. this is what's happening here god is happening 
Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, you couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's all I do is hold a mirror up to people and say, hey, hey, I see, I see deep faith. I see authentic faith. I see resilience and I see deep joy. And, you know, they, they know how to party. They do like food. And uh, I find that, you know, every place there is a sense of wanting to uh, take care of one another. Neighbors taking care of neighbors is not uh, a stretch for most places. And so, you know, at the end of the day, when there is that deep sense of connectedness, um, nobody should feel like they don't belong, you know, regardless of gender, color, class, uh, belief, non-belief. No nothing should separate us when there is that deep commitment, culturally in some ways, to neighbors taking care of neighbors. Mm -hmm. wow. And I said across the board. You know, regardless of where they are, you know, they're a pretty hardy bunch of people in this part of the world. Uh, I guess the winters kind of uh, expect that the bar is pretty high. Yeah. Um, but there's also a deep joy and a sense of humor and uh, a willingness to, you know, in some ways be self-deprecating in their humor. Uh, yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't see a lot of people taking themselves too seriously. Uh, except yeah. perhaps some people who want to divide us, you know. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm cautious of is you know, a lot of leadership these days is not very good because they, their only MO seems to be how can we divide people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When when the, 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 op the opposite is actually uh, much better for all of us, you know. We all, we all get a, a sense of uh, hope when when we recognize that there are more things that we share in common than things that divide us in some ways, separate. Yeah. I, I was looking at the diocesan website and, and it just seems like there's a good spirit there uh, for, for both, uh, both diocese. And, and I, and I'm so happy for you, uh, Bishop. Uh, I, I think you, God placed this, this a wonderful experience for you and for them also as they experience your joy uh, in the midst of all of this. Um, now, let me ask you another question. I mean, it's cold up, up there a, a little bit. Have you been high ice fishing yet? No, no, I like to watch ice, uh, people ice fish, but I'm, I have not, uh, I've not picked up my courage and I'm, you know, I, I don't want to say that I'm that much of an introvert. I'm, much, I'm pretty much an extrovert in yeah. terms of uh, wanting people's company and stuff. I don't know if I can be in solitude uh, for you know a length of time and just just be pondering my thoughts by myself. Uh, well, I, I, that's on my bucket list now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You okay. get a tent, get a tent, put some fire there and see if you can catch a fish. Yeah. Now, I, now I'm the only kind of fish I usually catch is like at, at, the, at the store. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a discipline. It could be a spiritual discipline to be silent. Oh, is it? Is it like you have to be quiet for a long time, or I don't think you can be chattering around when you want. 
especially when everything is so still, right? Okay, all yeah. right. In you know, across my house, I've got a lake, and uh, and people will put put up their tents and sit there for hours and and <laughs> wait for a fish. And I'm like, wow, that is pretty good. I mean, that's spiritual discipline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So maybe maybe one day I'll try that. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Maybe at least for an hour, at least for an yeah. hour. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could say, tag, tag your turn, Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Relay fishing and have a bunch of people say, okay, you take an hour, I'll take an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Prince, it's a, it's a joy speaking to you. Um, so then just a, as a summation, I mean, we're almost done with the, uh, with our program, but just, if you could give, if people are going through a particularly hard time, I mean, I think, um, I, I, what would what would your final advice to them be? How do you handle hard times? Well, the main thing that I like to remind people of is what I remind myself. Hard times are temporary. And, you know, regardless of how radically things change, they will change. And that's just, that's just the nature of life. And your faith in God, uh, how, however you define it, can be a, of great help because I think that our faith in God is what helps us to be authentic to who we are at our core, where we are not sort of, you know, um, being... Uh, judged or or are living from some expectations that other people have on us, but of who we are in our at our core. So, when when you are alone and you are dealing with struggle, and and I know what I'm talking about in some ways, you know, because like like everybody else, I've got my own struggles, um, and you know, I'm not perfect. And at the same time, to recognize that. God, as long as God is present, um, you will have a different day and a, a better day. Uh, and and so your, I think my responsibility is not to make permanent decisions out of a temporary problem. Mm, mm. Right. So, if you are young and you feel like your life is. Uh, not going as well as you wanted wanted to go. If you're facing some challenges uh, at the moment, I would say to you, that will pass. Hang in there. Trust your friends who care deeply for you. Trust God who who loves you deeply, and just put your trust in another human being. Reach out. Uh, don't struggle by yourself. That's my that's my simple advice, because none of us should be alone struggling in our own sort of camp. We all yeah. need each other. Beautiful advice. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you for your friendship and thank you for your joy. And uh, we'll continue to keep uh, the Diocese of East and West Michigan in our thoughts and prayers. And of course, you. Thank you for what you do. God bless you, Sunil, and your family. All right. Bye. Thank you. Blessings.
Friends, that was Bishop uh, Prince Singh. He's the provisional bishop of East and uh, Diocese of East and West Michigan, and uh, he's doing great work out there. And the diocese, both dioceses, are doing really well and building bridges and dealing with the challenges of the world in in a, in a faithful and and lovely way. Uh, our time uh, together has ended, and uh, and so or is ending soon. So let's just end with a prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the many gifts that you've given us. We thank you for life. And we know that life, our life is filled with challenges. Lord, we thank you for the gift of faith. The faith that allows us to know that our suffering in the midst of challenges that are difficult uh, are temporary. Help us, Lord God, in that in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the challenges, to reach out to our to you and to one another, to another human being, to know that we are not alone, that, that you will help us in the midst of this suffering, through our connections, to move forward. And Lord, we pray that you will help us as we have this faith, to be curious and to find joy in the midst of our community. We ask your blessings upon us and the people that we are connecting with. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, Amen. Friends, join with me in the in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Friends, go in peace to love and serve God. Spread the joy and the hope of God to the world around you. The world needs it right now. Thanks for watching. Did you know that you can join Christ Church from anywhere in the world? If you're feeling connected to what we're doing, email us today at communicate at Christchurchwesterly.org.